This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by the Engineering Management Institute, where we focus on helping engineers and technical professionals become effective managers and powerful leaders. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I'm talking with Dana Kasperson. She's the author of the book, Changing the Conversation, the 17 Principles of Conflict Resolution. And we're going to talk about the ability to engage with conflict productively through practicing every day. I think this is a really, really important strategy and skill set to be able to have because we have to face conflict. I mean, listen, as technical professionals, we work on teams all the time. There's always some sort of conflict on a team, in a project, or personally, right? And conflict, I believe, is a good thing because it forces us to look at what we're doing, look at our decision-making process, see if we're doing something that we shouldn't be as opposed to the other person. Dana really gets into that in this interview, and she talks a lot about this idea of not hearing attack, right? Because whenever we get into a conflict, we're hearing people attacking us. So you have to look past that. And we talk about that quite a bit in both segments of the show. And in the end segment, the Take Action Today segment, she's going to give you some questions, kind of a question framework to help you work through conflict productively. So I'm really, really excited that we're able to talk to her about this very important topic, especially for us who work on teams, which I know is most of our listeners. But before we jump into the interview with Dana, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Stick around later on in this episode for my essential career advancement tips. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical advice and the best resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to listeners of our podcast, thanks to PPI. You don't want to miss it. All right, now I'd like to introduce our guest more formally, just so you get to know a little bit about her background, which is a very interesting one. Dana Kasperson offers fundamental principles for developing a flexible, productive approach to navigating conflict, something that we all need. Dana has worked with thousands of people worldwide as an educator, coach, speaker, mediator, and designer of large-scale interactive public dialogues. Her book, as I mentioned earlier, Changing the Conversation, is on required reading lists and professional development guides at institutions ranging from the University of Southern California and Rutgers University, the design-led technology startup ROLI and the Dallas Law College. Dana holds an MS in Conflict Studies and Mediation and an MFA in Dance, which also is a very interesting combination that we get into in the interview. So without further ado, I'm going to give you a quote here that's going to bring us into the interview with Dana. And the quote is from Wayne Dyer. Conflict cannot survive without your participation. All right, now I'm excited to welcome Dana Kasperson onto the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Dana is the author of Changing the Conversation 17 Principles of Conflict Resolution. And I'm really excited to have her on because I've been emailed by many of our listeners, Dana, that they deal with conflict. So welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. First of all, Dana, before we jump into the topic of conflict, which I know is your specialty, let's talk a little bit about your background because 
you have, I think, a pretty interesting background. You have an MS in conflict studies and mediation and an MFA in dance, which, you know, is kind of an interesting mix. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I worked for the first, I would say, 30 years of my life as a professional dancer and performer. And so I come from a field that thinks a lot about how do you organize ideas physically. And this has really impacted the way I think about conflict. So I think about it in terms of action. What are the actions that we're taking, mental and physical? What's impacting our ability to choose between different actions? My two backgrounds came, at first I didn't see them as as kind of helping each other, but now I really see how they are interwoven. That's interesting. It really is. And I would imagine that they create some interesting opportunities and different thinking patterns between the two areas that can really add to one another. So let's jump in a little bit here. And how did you get involved with the topic of conflict? So I would say there was a certain point in my life where there was a conflict happening in a lot of the different areas of my life. And I was became really conscious of how little skill I had in figuring out what to do, how to make situations better, how to get out of repetitive conflicts. And I wanted it to be a different way. And I started studying and I started to see this possibility for a different kind of life where it wasn't this kind of repetitive pain that happens in people's lives, whether it's low level stress or kind of larger conflicts. And I started to see how each person has every day in in literally every interaction the capacity to choose differently and that it takes some conscious work to be able to recognize okay what are my patterns what are the possibilities and what can i do differently and how can i impact the situation so i got into it for my kind of peace of mind and the more i studied the more i saw how it changed people's lives around me too and got really excited about what's possible i love that you talk about how parent conflict is in our lives. And Dan also has a great TEDx talk that we can get into a little bit later. We do really deal with conflict on a regular basis. And I think sometimes when people hear the word conflict, they might think of the most extreme circumstances and maybe think like, you know, that's not something that I deal with much. But I think regardless of whether it's a major career changing decision or conversation or issue that you're having, or like, well, even at home, like, I mean, I have three young kids and I think getting them to clean their room could be, <laughs> we could have conflicts. So I think a lot of these strategies can be helpful throughout. In terms of Dana's book, Changing the Conversation, it's really broken down in a way with these 17 principles that I think makes it kind of easy to act on them and very practical, which I think is good in, in a topic, which I believe can be fairly complex. So we're going to dive into a couple of these different principles. And the book is split up into three different sections facilitating listening and speaking, changes the conversation, and then looking for ways forward. And so we're just going to jump into randomly a few of these principles here and kind of talk through them. And also on Dana's YouTube channel, she's got some great videos where there's kind of role playing showing how you can implement some of these. So there's a lot of good stuff here. So Dana, let's first start with not hearing attack or don't hear the attack. Talk about that principle a little bit for us. Yeah, this is a very fundamental action that we're choosing every day. Are we choosing to pay primarily pay attention to the attack in what people say? Or are we listening for the information that they're trying to say, even though they're saying it with attack? And this is one of the basic things that can be really helpful is to recognize that we cannot change other people, but we're not required to engage with them on the level that they're suggesting that we do. So if people are attacking us, it's very easy to respond to attack because it's so obvious and so present and you know, our chemical 
emotions get going and so we get becomes harder to hear. And so the practice of, first of all, recognizing that in any attack situation, there's information in there that's useful, that the person is trying to tell us. And to recognize, to separate the two things and say, okay, there's the attack, there's the information. Which one am I focusing my attention on? Which one am I connecting to and, and responding to? This ability to listen past attack for information is a very simple idea, but because we're often so trained in listening to and responding to attack with either defense or counterattack, it can be very simple to fall back into that. And so this kind of principle and the, the counter principle to that is here attack. So which are we doing? And what does it mean on a daily basis in low level, low stress situations or high stress situations to recognize maybe if we're having an urge to jump in and attack somebody to say, okay, what was it they were trying to say? What if I respond to that instead? Which doesn't mean that you become a martyr or that you give up your own integrity, but it means that you try to figure out what they're saying. And you can also acknowledge like, hey, I have a hard time listening, you know, if you yell at me when we're having these kind of conversations. But then you can say, okay, so it sounds like what's important to you here is this. Is that right? And you being able to take that step in a conversation to step away from the attack and to step toward the information and say, okay, it sounds like you're caring about this. Is that right? can shift the way the whole conversation goes. Because even if someone you're talking to is not interested in conflict resolution or any of these things, they're interested in whatever it is that their underlying needs or interests are. And if they recognize that you are willing to listen for those things, often it'll diffuse the unhelpful parts of the conversation and help it get to a level that becomes functional. Yeah, that's great. And going back to what you said earlier, it's one of these things that's after you say it, it sounds like, okay, of course, why wouldn't we do that? Right. But in the moment, it's extremely difficult to do because really, I would say most of us are going to react or the tendency is going to be to react in that trigger of self-defense and attacking back to defend myself. But really, at the end of the day, it's not going to help you resolve the conflict. And in fact, the quote that I used for the introduction of the episode earlier fits very well with this principle, which is a quote from Wayne Dyer, conflict cannot survive without your participation, right? So if we're going back at the person the same way, then that's the conflict will most likely escalate before it kind of resolves. That's a really good one to think about. I mean, a lot of us as engineering professionals, we work on big projects, teams, you're dealing with other consultants and other clients. So if you have an attack from a client saying, oh, you should have did better on this, try to think through what the message is to you there as opposed to just trying to defend yourself, which is not easy to do, but I think it's powerful. Yeah. And the interesting thing is also to recognize that the way we have dealt with conflict up to this point in our life is not part of our character. It's what we chose to do. It's an action. So we always have the possibility to change. We're not stuck with what we have done, because those things are simply actions. And also the thing about conflict is it's useful in that it brings up, both brings up the energy that we need to deal with issues. And it also brings the issues up. So if you think, you know, I'm not an engineer, but I can imagine an engineering problem. If you don't solve the problem inside of the issue, it won't resolve itself. And so if you just get into attack and defense and you never get down to the point, okay, what are we really trying to talk about here? What do we really care about on both sides? What would it look like if we found a solution that worked for both of us? Then that's where you can get into noticing where the problems are, figuring out what needs to change and what actions are necessary in order for that change to take place. 
Right. It's forcing you to address an issue with a long-term solution as opposed to just fighting on it and then letting it go away for however long and then coming back again. So that's a really positive part. Let's talk about another principle in the book, differentiating between needs, interests, and strategies. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so this is also a very fundamental and useful action that we can do on a daily basis is recognizing in whatever situation you find yourself in, oftentimes we're only interacting on the level of strategy, like this should happen. No, this should happen. And that's where a lot of deadlock takes place because we don't recognize why people are choosing the strategies that they're trying to, that they're promoting at that time. So below any strategy, there's a reason that a person has chosen that strategy. For example, if I want to buy a new car, it's because I need reliable transportation. And maybe I need reliable transportation because I want more autonomy. So at a very deeper level, my need is for autonomy. Out of that comes this interest. So a general kind of basic interest in having reliable transportation. And then I choose a particular strategy. I say, okay, I'm going to buy a new car. And that's a strategy. And somebody might object to that strategy. You know, we don't have the money or whatever. And then if we go back down to the level of interest, okay, well, I need this. I need to have reliable transport. Then there's a lot of possibility. We could move out from there. But if we're stuck up on the level of strategy of I needed a car, then we're in this very narrow band of possibility. And so often in conflict, it can be very easy to attach to our own strategy as and saying, this is what I need. When in fact, what we need or what our basic interest is lies below that. And it has a much broader realm of options. And if we can also, with the other person, be willing to say, okay, so, you know, say they were the ones who said, I need a new car. Okay, so you thinking a new car would help the situation a lot. Yes, to acknowledge their strategy and then say, okay, so what's that going to help most with? What's the important thing about that? Well, I need to be able to get around. Okay, so you really need some transportation that you can step it down to the level of interest, which is this basic level, which is like, what are we basically talking about? Okay, we're talking about what kind of transportation we have and why is that important? I need to have more independence. I need to have more autonomy. Okay, and that's the level of need. And when we can understand these basic levels of need and interest, then we can better understand why people are going for the strategies they're going for. And also, if we bring them back to the level of interest or need by acknowledging it and saying, okay, so it sounds like you're needing this. Is that right? Then they know we're listening. They become more willing to talk about options. And it works the same for ourselves too, because we can get so fixated on a, on a particular strategy and lose track of why we care about it. Those being able to make those differentiations is a really powerful tool. And this is something that you can practice on a daily level too, because like we were talking about before, all day long, there's going to be moments where people, where there's certain kind of frictions that come up. And these frictions can be, you know, productive or they can be destructive. But whatever they, whichever way they're going, if you can practice saying, okay, even afterward, all right, what was the person, what was their basic interest? What was my basic interest? And start to name those things for yourself so that when you get into the stressful situation of conflict, you have a practice, a mental practice of making those differentiations, of listening past attack to be able to notice, all right, what does everybody care about here? What's the real point? Yeah, that is really powerful because if that's something that you can practice and become comfortable with, then based on what Dana's just said, essentially, is you can always try to resolve a conflict by offering like an alternate strategy to someone that would get them the same need or interest or desire that they have, as opposed to just shooting down the strategy that they've chosen, essentially. And another 
step you can take further than that is for you also to not, because a lot of times what we want to do in conflict is jump to solution. And it's not always the fastest or the best way to get out of a bad situation. If someone offers us a strategy and then we say, well, no, but how about this? Then we're still up on that strategy level. And so if we can take even another step and say, acknowledge their strategy. Okay, so you're thinking this would be a good idea. And then find out what it is that they care about. Okay, why is that important to you? All right, it's this. Let's talk about other ways. So rather than we need to give them a strategy right away, which is often our you know, built-in solution. Okay, well, I need to know what to do. To get used to opening up this place of conversation that's about, all right, what is it that's the, our basic interest? Let's talk about what would be the characteristics of a solution that would make sense for both of us. Not what is the solution, because that narrows it right down. But to say, let's talk about what we each need and what that might look like in terms of particular characteristics. And then let's think afterwards about what that might look like in terms of concrete solutions. Yeah, that's actually really important for engineers because a lot of times, I mean, engineers' jobs are to solve problems and provide solutions. So when you're in a conflict, it's important as an engineer to think about what Dana just said is in this specific situation, it may be better for you not to provide the actual solution, but to work with the other party to help to come up with solutions together that might provide a better strategy, overall strategy. So that's great. And one of the reasons that can be helpful is that oftentimes we feel like we fully understand the situation and they don't know what they're talking about, but they have some information likely that's going to be useful for us. And if we just jump to a new solution without really figuring out what it is that they need and what's missing for them, then probably we're going to find a solution that is less effective than it would be if we would say, all right, let's figure out what's missing, what needs to be here, and then let's look at what to do. Let's talk about one more of the principles in your book, Dana. Let's talk about acknowledging without agreeing. This is the other thing. You're picking out some really powerful actions that we're always taking in conflict. So when people come in with something that you disagree with, often our first response is to say, no, you know, you're totally wrong or that's not it or to jump over it and to try to offer our own solutions. But this often is the thing that keeps people circling around even harder around their own strategy or around whatever it is that they're stuck on. And a lot of times, simply acknowledging what you don't agree with is a first step for the person to be able to recognize that you are willing to listen to them, which is a very basic thing that everybody in conflict wants. They want to know that they're being heard. And if I jump over you and say, yeah, I know, but this is what we need to do, then I've dismissed you and I'm jumping to my own solution. So if you're willing to step back and say, okay, to acknowledge what the person's saying. So for example, okay, it sounds like it would make sense to you that we work in teams of four or whatever the thing is that the person has said. And to let that information come onto the table. So a lot of times we feel like if we acknowledge what the person said, that we would somehow be giving credence to what they said, or we'd be giving up our own idea. But in fact, it's like getting all of the facts, all of the tools, everything, all the information on the table. Okay, I want to understand where we are right now. It sounds like for you, this plan doesn't sound doable. Is that right? Okay, I'd like to learn more about your specific concerns, for example. So it's a way of researching the situation more by first saying, I want to make sure I understand what your thinking is around this right now and asking, did I understand that correctly? And again, that moment of asking them if I understood that correctly can feel like we're giving in. But in fact, what we're doing is making the situation clear. And also to be willing to do that without being sarcastic. It's without saying like, okay, so you think that would make sense? Because that will, that's just a way of attacking the person. 
but to build up this real willingness to have curiosity in yourself to say, okay, I want to figure out what's happening right now so we can figure out, you know, how we might be able to move forward together. And this is, again, one of those very simply said things, but we're very practiced in jumping over the other person and jumping to our own solutions. So this is another thing that is really helpful to practice just on a daily level. Oftentimes when you're on your own and you're thinking about something someone said or something like that, how would I acknowledge what they said without attacking them? That's great. And what I like about it is, like you said, Danny, you're not necessarily surrendering something or giving something up. You're just acknowledging them. You're clarifying things and, and hopefully making it easier for them to then engage in a conversation with you that you can have in, in a positive frame of mind as opposed to them then being immediately turned off and then not really going to engage with you. That's right. The framework that you provide by doing that is one that says, okay, my interest is in having a conversation about this, figuring out what's going on, what we each need, and what would need to happen moving forward to find a solution that works. And if the people know that's your basic kind of standpoint, they're way more willing to get involved a lot of times than they would be if you dismiss them. We talked about three principles from Dana's book, Changing the Conversation not hearing attack, differentiating between needs, interests, and strategies, acknowledging without agreeing, which we just spoke about. And Dana's going to stay with us for the Take Action Today segment in a moment. And we'll try to sum this up or, you know, maybe pull out one thing that you can do to help you with conflict. But before we do that, I want to just ask you, Dana, you have a TEDx talk entitled Conflict is a Place of Possibility. And we'll link to that for the listener because it's a very, very interesting talk with a very interesting message. But kind of just wanted you to talk briefly about it in terms of the title, in terms of this idea that conflict is a place of possibility. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but maybe you could just talk about that a little bit more. So what I got really excited about when I began to study conflict and to work, and the, and the more through the years as I've worked with more and more people, is that inside of a conflict, oftentimes it feels like this helpless, stuck, repetitive, stressful place. And what I've discovered is that the more we become skilled in being willing to step into the mess of conflict, because it is a mess, it's not a step-by-step process, but the more we develop these abilities to listen past the attack, to acknowledge what the other person's saying, even if they're saying it very badly, even if we disagree, to be able to differentiate the needs, strategies, and interests from each other so that we can see the mechanisms, see what's going on, then it becomes this place where not only the humanity of the person you're with emerges, but all of the different possibilities that might come out of what's coming up because a conflict is this point of friction that comes up because people care about things. And when we can start to zoom in on what people care about rather than you know what they think about each other or <laughs> the kind of attack they've chosen or their strategies, but really to say, okay, what is being talked about? What do we care about? Then possibilities emerge that often were not even part of people's consciousness beforehand. They realize they're actually talking about something much deeper than they were, or that the, the problem itself is really showing the way to new solutions that haven't been thought of yet that wouldn't have been thought of if the people involved didn't get together and think together. So a lot of times, if I'm trying to solve something on my own, I'll have a much narrower range of not only information, but possibility. And the more we can bring people in to these difficult moments and say, okay, we can make it through this. You know, we're going to talk about this. Let's figure this out. The more possibilities open up, not only for a relationship connection, but for new kinds of ideas to emerge, because 
oftentimes without conflict, we just things keep going the same way they did. Conflict is where all new ideas essentially start. And so it can be this very generative place. It can be very destructive, but that's only depending on how we approach it. Again, we're talking with Dana Kasperson, author of Changing the Conversation, and we're going to jump into our Take Action Today segment now. And Dana's going to stick with us, and we're going to try to wrap this up for you with some really action-oriented piece of advice. So stick with us. I hope you're enjoying this episode with Dana Kasperson. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show where Dana and I are going to close this out for you in hopefully a very practical way. But before we do that, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Engineering career advancement starts with licensure. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Best of all, they have new digital options for exam review that make preparing easier and more exam-like than ever. Visit PPI2Pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TECH8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TECC, the number eight, stands for the Engineering Career Coach and the number eight. All right, I'm back with Dana Kasperson, author of Changing the Conversation. And we've talked quite a bit about conflict in this episode. We talked through some of the specific strategies in Dana's book, but we want to wrap up by trying to give you one piece of advice that you can take if you've listened to this podcast episode and you are dealing with conflict and most likely you are in some way based on what we've talked about. So Dana, where would you recommend that the listeners start? So I find it very useful to, first of all, step back and say, okay, which decisions are mine to make in this situation? Because oftentimes we get so hooked into the person we're in conflict with, our opinions about what they should do or what's wrong with them or what decisions we'd like them to make that we essentially give away our own power. And I don't mean power in the sense of like crushing other people, but our power to see, to be curious, to take action that's moving toward what we need and what we see the situation is needing. So this means, okay, what is my decision to make here? And our decisions are, first of all, how am I perceiving the situation? What am I paying attention to? So am I paying attention to attack? Am I paying attention to information? What am I choosing to offer? Am I choosing to offer attack or am I offering information? Really stepping back and noticing how much attack has snuck into either the way you're listening or the way you're speaking. And then to say literally what are the decisions that are mine to make in this situation and to take our focus and name those things. And if we haven't made those decisions, to take the responsibility to make them if we notice that there's decisions that belong to other people that we really care about, that we don't believe are being made in a way that's productive, then rather than trying to get that person to decide differently, to say, what are my decisions to make in relationship to changing the structure within which those decisions are made? I don't know if that gets a little convoluted, but rather than trying to make decisions for other people, to start to say, either on my personal level, the decisions that I'm making consciously about how I listen, how I talk what I choose to offer to the other person, the decisions that lie currently in my own hands, 
And then to, if it becomes a broader question of, you know, there's just something in the situation, it keeps happening. I don't think this structure is, is healthy for the environment or the, or the institution. Then to look structurally and say, what decisions are being made? Who's making them? And how can I be part of shifting this system so that it doesn't become repetitive in this way? So is that kind of Dana saying to yourself, looking at a situation and saying, what part of this situation can I really, I don't know if control is the right word, but in other words, like, where do you have the power as opposed to where someone else is going to make a decision? Yeah. So really, and taking it apart for yourself and really taking the responsibility to say, okay, how am I approaching it? Who am I talking to? How am I talking to them? How am I listening? And then within the place where you have the possibility to make decisions, to make decisions that reflect the kinds of motion that you think is going to be valuable for you. And then also to recognize when systems are stuck and to not hammer at them in a way that you've done, you know, 50 times before that didn't work, but instead to step back and start to look at that and say, okay, what decisions do I have as a person in this overall system? And how can I become maybe connected to other people that are going to help me as I move toward what I think is valuable? What things am I attached to that are not helping me? What can I stop doing that's actually making the situation worse? So becoming very conscious of your actions, whether they're your mental actions or your physical actions, how they're impacting the situation and which decisions you're making on a daily basis and in a minute to minute basis, but how you impact and are impacted by the situation. Yeah, that is, I think, a really good way to kind of take a big picture look at the situation and see where it makes the most sense for you to act to get the most out of it. And sometimes it can be really helpful to really write it down, write down, what's my goal? What's my interest? What's my current strategy? How is that strategy really trying to meet my interest? What would it mean if I looked at the other person's interest and we tried to have a conversation around the level of interest? And then to say, what literally are my decisions to make? To write these things down so you start to, because often they start to become clear and accessible because oftentimes they get kind of knotted up in a big ball. We can unpack these things to see what the mechanisms are, to see what our choices are and how they're impacting the situation. Once again, a big thank you to Dana Kasperson for spending some time with us here on the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. The book is Changing the Conversation, the 17 Principles of Conflict Resolution. You can learn more about Dana and the book at danakasperson.com. The book is also available on Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com. And Dana, I'm sure you're on the social medias as well, correct? Yes, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. And the YouTube channel has a number of different videos that highlight these principles and other talks about my work with people in conflict. Excellent. We will link to all of those resources for you so that they're easy to find. Once again, Dana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Conflict resolution is something that it's really worth investing the time in to get good at it because conflicts are going to come up in what we do as technical professionals. Like I said earlier, working on teams constantly. So please invest some time in this and try to practice some of the skills and strategies and steps that Dana laid out for us so clearly in this episode. Before I let you go, I do want to mention If you haven't thought about it yet, please consider taking our Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. We recently finished another session and we're getting great feedback from the people that went through the course in terms of their thinking differently. They have a new framework for the way they're approaching problems and decisions in their careers. 
It's a powerful five-week online workshop that will focus on skill building, but also helping you transfer skills back to the job, like becoming a more effective communicator, learning how to network and really build relationships, managing in a way where you manage from a point of high leverage, meaning you can delegate very effectively. Also, how to build expertise and master the art of public speaking, or at least start to get better at it. We also have a session that's one of the most popular, which is productivity, how to be as productive as you can in the workplace. And some of our students, one student emailed me today telling me that he's applied the 80-20 framework that we gave out in that session, and it's making a huge impact in his career. So just go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. If you're an individual, you want to sign up, you can just click on the individuals tab and you can enroll for our next session. If you are with a company and you want to enroll multiple engineers through our team corporate program, as soon as you go to engineer2manager.com, you'll see a video with all of the information. I hope you'll consider joining us. As always, we want to hear your feedback, comments, or questions on this episode. Simply go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, click on the content tab, and look for the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, episode 179. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until then, I wish you the best in your career, and I hope that we can continue to help you engineer your own success. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.